Praise the Lord, everybody. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, we've had revival this week. Haven't we had a great time in the Holy Ghost? God doing great things, miracles, lives being changed. So happy to be back here. And we're thankful for Brother Jeremiah and Brother Zachary for ministering to us through the week. So we have both sons and now the father comes back once again. Brother Kleindentz is absolutely no stranger to this pulpit and to the apostolic movement worldwide. He has led thousands upon thousands upon thousands uh, to a relationship with Jesus Christ through the power of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like they did in the book of Acts, lives being changed. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to ha have him here. He has pastored for many years. He has helped our organization uh, start churches all over the United States and uh, now is evangelizing, changing churches. I believe that word of God that comes in and revolutionizes the way we think and the way we talk. It is an honor to have him here. Will you clap your hands to the Lord as Brother Kleindens comes? Give praise, worship, and honor to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed be the mighty name of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let everybody say, praise the Lord. What a great day it is to be in the presence of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Of course, he makes every one of them. <laughs> Amen. We like to think about it on Sunday. And we are thrilled to be here on behalf of my family. It's just been a tremendous, wonderful, very special honor uh, to be here, to be with all of you. The hospitality has just been off the charts, just excellent, wonderful meals and fellowship and fun. And it's just been a wonderful time all the way around. And we are so thrilled. I could not adequately put into words uh, the blessing it is for our family to come and minister here in this great church. You're a wonderful people. You have great leadership. You have a great bishop and his wife, pastor and his wife, leaders, fellow ministers, staff, ushers, greeters, maintenance, administration, everybody and all the good saints of God. So thank you once again for allowing us to be a part of Souls Harbor and the great revival what God is doing here and the highlight of the revival, I think, was Thursday and Friday night, and uh, trying not to be biased, but of course I probably am a little bit, but I believe Zachary and Jeremiah Kleinitz did a magnificent job. They preached well. Amen. The anointing of the Lord validated both of them. I told them after uh, both of them ministered, I said, if you ever had a doubt in your mind of whether or not you were actually called to preach or to minister, let it forever now be settled. Because uh, what happened there, they said men can give you an opportunity, and people can support you and love you and help you. But the presence of the Lord came in strong, and so thank the Lord for that. Amen. And thank all of you that were here, participated, and supported, and made that possible. Amen. And... Uh, I'll be turning today to the book of Exodus, chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33, but uh, I really do am very, very grateful for a church like this church 
that can bring to the birth, I know in our family, really became a force, a driving force behind uh, putting some emphasis on getting them uh, young men ready for ministry. And I believe there are many others around here, and it would just, I think, be wonderful to be hearing from the youth of the church on a regular basis as the pastor sees fit and time permits and the seasons that are right for it. Uh, hear these young men and young uh, ladies uh, be used of God. Amen? Amen. Glad Bishop's feeling better. He's not 100%, but he's, you know, Bishop don't have to be 100%, you know. Some of these men are so amazing, they can do on 60% what the rest of us have to do on 100%. Amen. Thank God. I'm, I'm kind of like them, um, like them waiters and waitresses that uh, they, they hardly talk to you until they deliver the check, and then they get real nice in the last two minutes. And it's payday, so I thought I better make sure the bishop's feeling good. Hallelujah. <laughs> And I really, especially love Sister Barnum. Possibly my favorite pastor's wife in the United Pentecostal Church. Exodus chapter 33. Amen. <laughs> it just ain't right. I noticed them... Um, quartet when they were up here they were holding their words pastor and I were noticing them <laughs> I'm the other way around I got my iPad and I feel like I need to do like this right here but I Exodus 33 verse 1 um, King James and the Lord said unto Moses depart and go up hence thou and the people which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt unto the land, which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Okay. Skipping down to verse number 13. Moses is now responding to what the Lord has just told him. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence, this is Moses talking to God, If thy presence go not with me, then carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? I would like to speak to you for a few minutes this morning on the absolute necessity of God's presence. And I chose that word absolute very careful and the word necessity. The absolute necessity of God's presence in the church and in our lives. 
on a daily basis. Would we pray unto the Lord right now and ask Him to bless the ministry of the Word and Spirit. Heavenly Father, we feel Your Spirit throughout this sanctuary. We have had wonderful days of revival this week. We have been high on the mountain. We have felt revelation. We have seen ministry and felt miracles. We saw miracles here just the other two nights, three nights of this revival. And I'm asking you, Almighty God, that you administer into this house today, do a profound work in the lives of men and women, the lives of families, marriages, homes, personal hearts, businesses, O Lord. We need you in every area of our life. We need your presence in our finance. We need your presence in our career choices. We need your presence on a daily basis in our businesses, our business decisions, our business dealings. We need the help of the Lord. Lord, if you do not go with us, then we cannot go forward. We are stuck right here at this very moment unless you go before us. Would you give the Lord a great hand praise? There is tremendous victory. Tremendous victory, tremendous anointing throughout the house of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> this is an amazing story. It's a great story. God is telling Moses, go forward. Go forward into the very land that I have promised unto Abram, Abraham and confirmed in Jacob. I told Abraham I would give it to you. The promise was, all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, it shall be yours. It's one of the great magnificent promises of the Bible. Arise, walk through the land, the length of it, the breadth of it. For every place the sole of your feet shall touch, I'm going to give it to you. All the land which thou seest, I'm going to give it to you. It's a promise with vision. It's a promise that gets us up and gets us going. And it was a covenant with Abraham, fulfilled in Isaac and in Jacob, three generations. Now God is remembering that word, and he is fulfilling his word all the way now, mentioning it even to Moses as he gives him these directions to go forward, go into now, into the land, which I swear to Abraham, which I confirmed in Jacob. I have not forgotten my promise. And God is saying, I want you to go possess the land, and I am going to send an angel. And that angel is going to go in front of you. And that angel will be an angel of war. It's going to have warfare on your behalf. And I'm going to drive out the enemies and drive out the inhabitants. And I am going to allow you to possess the land. And he's fulfilling his promise. And he's promising to help them and assist them. And be on their side in the battle. But in the middle of all of this, there is a revelation from God that creates a big problem. While God is telling him, I'm going to fulfill the promise. I'm going to remember what I said to Abraham. I'm going to send an angel before you. You're going to be victorious in battle. It's all going to work out. God says, I will not be going with you. These people are a stiff-necked people, and I would rather not mingle with them. Now, what did God mean by a stiff-necked people, and why did it bother him so much? 
I did a lot of reading, trying to investigate and study and figure it out. I'll just give you the simple version rather than go into a long academic discourse. Let me tell you the overall sentiment of what God was saying. These people are stubborn in their ways, hard to deal with, slow in faith, slow in commitment, quick to forget the promises and the blessings. When they have everything to be thankful for, yet they complain. Mere weeks after hearing the mighty voice of God, they make a golden calf and worship an idol and worship at the golden calf. They take the gold and the silver that God had blessed them with as they left Egypt and made a golden calf to worship. They worship the blessing more than the one who gave the blessing. They worship the provision more than they worship the provider of the provision. They fell in love with what God could do for them. They were really happy about what God could give to them. But they somehow lost their focus on Him. These people don't just look back. They completely turn around and go back. They long to go back to Egypt. They complain that they had been delivered from Egypt. Were there not graves in Egypt that we could have been buried there? They longed to go back to their bondage. They wanted to go back to their suffering. Israel throughout the Bible was continually, constantly reproved for their backsliding. They were so quick to backslide. They could be on the mountain in a moment, and then the next moment they're ready to bow down at a golden calf. They're ready to go back to the taskmaster's whip. They're ready to go back to where God had brought them from. And I really think that golden calf thing was bothering God. He just wasn't getting over it. And so here's God with all of it in his mind. And it really provokes my thought. God says, I want to bless you. And I'm going to. I'm going to fulfill my promises that I have made to generations before you and that I'm making to you. I'm going to send my angel and my angel will go before you. I'm going to drive out your enemies. I just cannot abide with you. I will not be in your midst. God goes as far as to say, if I come among you, I will consume you. I just can't be around you because if I'm around you, you're going to bother me. I cannot tolerate you. You're my people, but I cannot tolerate you. You wonder, what is the, this seems like, this, how does all this work together? How can it be both at the same time? I would imagine any parent who has raised a teenager that became uncontrollable, completely rebellious, would understand maybe what God was feeling. You love that child. You love that one. But there comes a time maybe it's just impossible for them to coexist in the home. The, the rebellion reaches a level. The continual uh, disobedience, the continual problems brought into the home. And I have seen families torn apart where parents had to let those children go. They didn't want to. But it just became impossible for them to dwell together. The chaos was too much. And this is what God is saying. God is saying, I love you. I'll bless you. I'll help you. I'll send angels. I'll drive out your enemies. But I cannot abide with you. I cannot dwell with you. I will consume you because I cannot tolerate 
to be in your presence. When the people heard this, they began to murmur, the Bible says. It seemed like they were always doing that. And the Bible says they considered these words evil tidings. Evil tidings. The Bible said they mourned. They put off their ornaments of gold and silver and they mourned before maybe they realized that golden calf was really putting them in a bad place with God. Amen. They considered it an evil report. I wonder today if we would consider it an evil report. If God promised to bless us, if God promised to help us, if He said, I'll send my angel, if He said, I'll be against your enemies, if He promised to give, answer our prayers and do all the things we're wanting, it seems like we are living in a generation of Christianity that is very happy for God to be for us but not be with us. I was stirred deep in my soul and challenged by my own two sons preaching the last two nights. I watched as Zachary stood here. They are both novice preachers, but yet so poised, so well studied, so prepared in prayer, so respectful of the pulpit, respectful of you. I watched the innocence of someone sold out to God begin to unravel and unfold the word of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord just come sitting down in this place. Zachary, almost stunned by it, in the middle of his message, figuring which way to maneuver, the presence of the Lord came in so strong. It reminded me when the priest said, we couldn't stand to minister because the presence of the Lord came in like a cloud. Amen. I watched Zachary not knowing which way to go because the presence of the Lord so strong. It was right about the 20-minute mark in Jeremiah's message the next night. He had been just fired up. He was full of passion. He was bringing one good thought after another. But there came that moment where we got beyond inspiration, and it became a visitation of the presence of Almighty God. I said, sons, it really doesn't matter how you get there. Zachary, by revelation to visitation, Jeremiah, by inspiration to visitation, how you get there is unimportant. The main thing is that the visitation of God comes down among us. It's not what we sing, but when we sing it, and it's not what we sing, but that God is in it. It's not how you worship. It's that the presence of the Lord is felt when we worship. It's not what we preach, but that the presence of God comes down when we preach. Amen. It, today, what we need more than we need anything else, we need the visitation and the power and the presence of Almighty God in our lives. We need Him not just for us. We need Him with us. We need Him in our hearts. We need Him in our mind. Can you feel Him? I feel more than the brush of angels' wings right now. I feel the descending, abiding presence of a holy and righteous and almighty God. Would you lift your voices and entertain the presence of the Lord? Would you ask Him to come to you? Would you ask that the Lord come into your heart? Would you ask that he come into your life, into your home, into your, into your world right now? Let's invite him. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated in the presence of the Lord Moses was known 
by a lot of ways, and his leadership was multidimensional. But one of the great aspects of his life that he is known for, Moses was an intercessor. And Moses goes before the Lord, the mighty God of Israel, and he intercedes. In Exodus 13, he says, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me the way that I may know thee. And if I can find grace in your sight, consider that this nation is your people. God said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give you rest. Moses was not content. He said, if your presence does not go, we're not going. Moses said, God, if you're not going, I'm not going. And Moses interceded until God conceded and said, I will go with you. And that is the work of intercessory prayer warriors in the church to this day, is to intercede until God relinquishes his presence and says, I will go with you. But we need some people who will say, I will not go if God doesn't go. I will not proceed if God is not going with me. I need God in my marriage. I need God in my business. I need God in my finances. I need God in my life. I need him in my education. I need God dwelling in my heart, not just on Sunday, but I need him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I need the presence of God. We love the prophecies, and we love the prophetic fulfillments of all of God's promises. We're thrilled about the angel and the angels of the Lord that come among us. We're thankful for the blessings, and we're glad that our enemies are going down in front of us. But if you're not in our midst, God, no deal. I've come to say no deal today like Moses did. I've come to intercede like Moses interceded and say I'm glad for the prophetic declaration. I thank God for all the miracles. I thank God for everything he's doing for us and around us and on our behalf. But God, if you're not going to dwell with us, no deal. No deal for 2015. I want more than blessings. I want the very presence of almighty god it's an absolute necessity for me let's take a moment and worship him right here let's take a moment and feel him right here take a moment and lift your voice and tell the lord thank you for your blessings thank you for your miracles thank you for your prophecies but lord i need you i want you Let 2015 be a year that is focused on the Lord. Let this be a year where His presence is the predominant force, the predominant attribute of every day and every service and every event. may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to preach all a few more minutes and then we'll come around this altar and pray together. Nothing can take the place of God's presence anyway. 
Nothing should take the place of God's presence anyway. So I ask you today as an individual sitting here with your family or by yourself, come to church for whatever reason, whatever situation prompted you to come to the house of the Lord today. Do you want to overcome the great problems of life, not just the little problems, but the great problems? Do you want to fulfill your divine destiny, fulfill life, fulfill your role, the reason you were born, the reason you are here? Do you want to live in real, sustained, ongoing victory, not for a moment, but for a lifetime? Do you want to find true joy, unspeakable and full of glory? Do you want to find true peace that passes understanding? Do you want to walk in real faith? Do you want to see real mountains removed? Then prophetic words from Zechariah 4, 6 fit here, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We are a people who have been born in the presence of God. First Chronicles 16, 27 says, Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. We need his presence. And I prophesy to you right now, God is trying to bring you into his presence. The quest to feel his presence must become our principal pursuit. We must be in this service for one thing, and that is to feel the presence of the Lord, to enter into the holy place, to walk among the holy coals, to feel the holy fire coming down. We sing to that end. We testify to that end. We give offerings and tithes to that end. We preach to that end. We're going to come and pray around this altar to that end. We're going to lay hands on one another to that end, that we will feel the presence of the Lord. He can do more for you in five minutes than I can do if I spent the afternoon with you. He can do more for you in one prayer meeting here at this altar than pastor could do in counseling, than bishop or sister could do in counseling, than any of this great leadership staff could do in counseling. If you will get in his presence, there's strength there. There's gladness there. There's help there. There's peace there. There's anointing there. The chains will fall off there. There, there the, 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 the things of life that bind us will loose their hold there the chains will be broken there psalm 1611 thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore we cannot mask it we cannot cover it up i love loud pentecostal music i love when they're crashing the drums and hitting the cymbals i love it when they're laying down heavy on the keyboards i love them screaming electric guitars i love it i love when sister denae gets up here and that voice screaming and that microphone raising it up to the high heavens i love everything. I love the slow moody songs that bring a tear to our eye. I love testimonies uh, that talk about the hard times uh, where our hearts are broken and we feel the help of the Lord. But hear me right now. There's nothing that we can do. Nothing that we can say. Nothing we can put on a screen. Nothing that no drama we can put on this platform that can ever be a substitute for the Holy Spirit of Almighty God settling in and swirling around us Lord let me feel your spirit one more time reassure me now that I am thine if I should ever doubt 
that you will bring me out. Just let me feel your spirit one more time. If God before us, who can be against us? If God is with us. That's what the angel declared. That was the miracle of his birth. His name shall be called Jesus. His name will be Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's what salvation is. God with us. That's what salvation was meant to be. God with us. Salvation is not a blessing. Salvation is not financial blessing. Salvation is not prosperity. Salvation is not God working out all our problems. Salvation is not God fixing every situation. Salvation is not God bringing us out of the valley and putting us on the mountain. Salvation is God with us. That's God with us in the valley. God with us on the mountain. God with us in the desert. God with us at every moment from the rising of the sun to the going down. It's God with us. That's salvation. Go ahead and entertain the presence of the Lord. Go ahead. I'm about five minutes from finishing preaching. Go ahead. We've come to feel His Spirit. You didn't come to hear me talk. He came to feel the presence of God. He came to feel the help of the Lord. He came to pour out your heart before Him. He came to pour out your soul in His presence. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I need to warn you, this is a little bit comical. Three ministers were discussing the importance of prayer. Appropriate positions for prayer. They were talking about how to pray and as they were the telephone repairman working on the phone system was there and working around and he was able to listen in on their conversation one minister said he felt the key to proper way to pray was in the hands said i always hold my hands together when i pray sometimes pointing them up toward heaven to form symbolic form of reverence and worship the second suggested the real best way to pray was to be on your knees that showed humility and reverence, bowing down before God. The third said, no, neither of these is the best way to pray. The only real position that is valuable is to pray while stretched out on your face. Prostrate. You've got to be totally out on the floor. By this time, the telephone repairman could not stay out of the conversation any longer. He said, I don't know about all of that. The best prayer meeting I ever had. I was hanging upside down, dangling from a power pole 40 feet above the ground. Life can help you find a way to pray. They can outlaw prayer in schools all they want. As long as they're given tests, there'll be prayer in schools. They can outlaw prayer in America all they want. As long as there's terrorism and people are dying and there's fear, there will be prayer. Because when the going gets tough, we know it's time to call on God. Somebody's going to go looking for the Lord in this mess and say, hey, we need God on our side. We need God with us. Amen. I'm just challenging you, don't wait till you're hanging upside down in life somewhere to decide to pray. Pray now. If you enter into his presence today. If somehow, someway you are able to actually feel His Spirit, if even better than feeling His Spirit, you are filled with His Spirit, I promise you everything changes. 
That was a good Andre Crouch song. Everything changed. Everything changed. Amen. I promise you everything will change. You will not be the same. There is revolutionary power in his presence. Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you can be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, end of the earth. Witnesses of what? God is with me. I'm not against prosperity. I'm not against blessing. I'm not against all the good things the Lord does. But I was taking a good look at that recent prayer of Jabez. It's been made very popular in the last several decades. It's a prayer of prosperity in 1 Chronicles 4.10. And the Jabez called on the God of Israel, and it's become a prayer that is people got it in pictures and plaques and bookmarkers, and it's a multi-million-dollar industry. I just wish I'd have saw it first. But I got to looking at that prayer. Here's the prayer. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. And that thy hand might be with me. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil. And that, I may, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him which he requested. So on the two bookends it was bless me, enlarge my coast. Keep me from evil. And the Lord said done. But right in the middle of prosperity here and there was to me the heart of the prayer that made it work that thine hand might be with me <laughs> because none of this means anything if you're not with me amen the success of this prayer of prosperity and this prayer of health is wrapped around a desire for God's presence. You must be with me. Your blessing is not going to help me if you're not with me. It's not enough to keep me from evil if you're not with me. I need God with me. Our musicians can come. Here's our problem that we have to face today. Here's what we have to come face to face with as we seek the presence of the Lord. Genesis 3.8, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is Adam and Eve. This is way back there. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They hid from the presence of the Lord what would make somebody hide from the presence of God? What would make somebody run from the presence of God? What would make somebody leave the presence of God? The Bible said they heard his voice. They heard him walking. And they hid themselves from his presence face to face with God's judgment in his life. Cain walked away from God. Here's his story. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. It seems like when sin is there, we separate ourselves from the presence of God. Adam and Eve separated because they had sinned. They had eaten of the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. So they hid from God's presence. Cain had killed his brother, so he went out from the presence of the Lord. 
But David, when he came face to face with God's judgment in his life, he prayed earnestly. He said, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I can't leave your presence. I can't leave your presence. I've done wrong, but I can't leave your presence. David fell on his face. He said, cast me not away from your presence. Judge me however you need to judge me. Do whatever you need to do for me. But don't leave me, oh God. Would you stand with me across this house right here? I think it's time we seek the presence of the Lord. We need to seek to be feeling His presence, filled with His presence. I think we should come and pray. I think we need God's presence in our life. I think we should pray for ourselves, pray for each other, pray for our family members. I think we need that revival. They sang right before I came up here, can you feel revival? Can you feel the fire? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? We want to feel it. Come on. No golden calves today. No golden calves. No idols. Nothing else standing in the place of worship. Amen. What could we do like Israel did to show God we're serious? Let's don't let anything come between us and God. This is the path of life. Lord, I just want to feel your spirit. If you think you need to repent, then surely go ahead and repent. If you feel you just need to worship, go ahead and worship. We just want to feel the presence of the Lord throughout this place. We need to feel the good flowing spirit of God all over this house. Whatever you do to feel His Spirit, you're welcome to sit. If you'd like to sit here in one of the chairs, if you want to come forward a little bit, just get a little closer and sit in one of these seats, that's fine. You can sit in the presence of the Lord and just lift your hands and talk to Him. If you want to lean forward right there where you're sitting and just kind of bow your head on the seat in front of you and talk to the Lord. Some have chosen to come around the altar. Some are in the aisles. Hallelujah. We could pray over one another, put our arms around each other and help each other pray. Oh, we just want to feel your spirit, Lord. Lord, let me feel your spirit one more time. Let me feel the presence of the Lord. Here in just a few moments, the singers will start singing. They'll start playing some beautiful music. Music is such a wonderful way to bring the presence of the Lord flowing in on the melody words of the song filling up the atmosphere can you pray like david prayed cast me not away from thy presence O lord take not your holy spirit from me lord i need you in my life the bible said you will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart he's wanting to come flooding into your soul He's wanting to come flooding into your heart. He's wanting to come flooding into your spirit, springing up like a well of living water, springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Oh! <laughs> Let the joy of the Lord spring up. Let the peace of the Lord come flooding in. We just want to feel the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> Woo! He'll put joy in your heart. He'll put peace in your spirit. He'll give you blessed assurance. Tell Him, Lord, I can't leave this service unless I feel your Spirit, unless I know you're with me. I can't go forward unless you're going forward with me.
I don't want to leave this place today, Lord. I don't want to go through the rest of my life without your presence in my life and in my heart. Sing unto the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. Just soak it up. Just bask in it. of your deliverance in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And I, I speak the word of your deliverance. May the Lord loose you and break the chains all around you. 